Jimmy Stein's world famous countdown continues today on Locked On Bama. Plus, we're going to bounce around a lot like my checks used to do in college. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, I hope everything's going well with you today. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very excited about the ranking of the roster countdown. We've been doing, you know, we're ranking the whole roster from the, quote, worst player on the team to the best. But uh, people need to keep in mind, this is a ranking of the 2023 team, not a statement on overall talent level. No, that's that's absolutely right. And, and I hope people – uh, have enough sense to see that. Whoa, I just switched my camera view, and uh, I hope that everybody was cool with that. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off with the countdown with Mr. – well, I'll let you announce it because it's really going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were surprised. Did you already say it? Did you already say his name? Just to you before the show started in our pre-production <laughs> planning – in our pre-production planning meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is essentially, yeah, by the way, that was my phone again, not me. Every, that little sound my phone makes because it has this little thing on the back of it. And it. Well, I'm going to try it. Can you hear it? That's not me. That's my phone. Okay. Uh, I just oh, oh, know oh, gotcha. Now I know what you're saying. Yeah. People <laughs> yeah. think I'm very gassy, which may be true, but it has, that time it was my phone. Anywho, Jimmy, today. So you got your phone set on vibrate and smell. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing my jeans are set on, apparently. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, so, we're down to number 80, and it is quarterback Eli Holstein. Uh, for those who have been keeping up with the rankings, you know, we've discussed how the, this is about the 2023 football team. And the way I look at it, look, you got five quarterbacks now. The odds that I, I think, based on what happened in spring, my opinion, based on A-Day, based on reps, based on buzz. Uh, I think Lonergan is a little bit, and it's it's early. That could easily flip even this year, much less a year or two from now. But for now, I think Lonergan is ahead of Holstein. Um, why would you not redshirt Holstein if Lonergan's ahead, right? <laughs> I mean, you're probably redshirting both, to be honest. I mean, if we had to bet, I would bet on both get redshirts. But I'm more certain of Eli's red shirt. So I probably should have rated Eli even lower, except for this. Uh, I hear a lot of good things. Uh, I was really excited about Holstein as a prospect. That never really waned. And then he gets here this spring, and I, I've had some discussions with people who know stuff. And uh, I, I think Holstein was really good. Uh, I, I think they expected Holstein to be pretty good, and he lived up to the expectation. I think is how the staff feels about about Eli. Big, strong kid. I mean, big, strong, big arm, afraid to throw it. He is a plus athlete for his size. Now, he's not a 4-3 guy. He's not Jalen Milrow or anything like that. But for his size, he is a plus athlete. I mean, this is a big kid. There's no telling how big this kid's going to be by the time he's done. Sort of reminds me of a uh, – I'm not saying this is my comp for him because it's not fair, but – there's some Ben Roethlisberger in him. 
And I know people say, yeah, but Jimmy Ben Roethlisberger was enormous. Yeah, but he was a statue. He couldn't move. That wasn't Ben Roethlisberger at Miami of Ohio at all. The college Ben Roethlisberger was pretty shockingly athletic. And I remember, uh, I still remember a throw he made, actually, in the, in the, uh, in the bowl game, uh, which he played at Mobile his, uh, his senior year. Uh, I, I remember him leaving the pocket and throwing a ball while he was rolling out right, uh, which is amazing footwork and arm strength. And I'm like, that guy's going to be such a good NFL player. And he obviously was. Um, now, uh, Eli, I think, can be similarly sized. And obviously, as he keeps adding size, we'll probably lose a little bit of that, of that athleticism. But for now, the athleticism is good. Uh, for him, I think, and, and this isn't a, a, a knock, this is typical of all quarterbacks, but with Holstein, it's just speeding everything up. It's speeding everything up. Uh, like I, I think I used this yesterday about how, hey, if all you've been facing is 65 mile an hour fastballs, that's all you ever seen, and then they throw one that's 85, you're going to be way, way, way behind it. You have to make an adjustment, and it takes time. It doesn't take five pitches. It takes time to adjust to a whole new level of pitching, and, and that's what Holstein's dealing with right now. Everything that he does has to be done quicker. Uh, the way he sees the defense, uh, getting rid of the ball, making decisions, it all has to be faster, 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 while not losing the accuracy. Uh, I, I, and I think accuracy is a thing with him. Uh, not, not like it's, oh, he'll, he'll never be an accurate quarterback. It's not that at all. It's just something he's got to work on, right? I mean, they all have to work on something. Nobody shows up uh, ready to go to uh, uh, the, the Pro Bowl. They still have that thing. I mean, no, nobody shows up like that. So Holstein's got a lot of stuff to work on, uh, but I I do believe he will be good enough to be Alabama's starting quarterback, uh, maybe sooner rather than later. By sooner, I mean 2024, 2025. Uh, I, I believe he's that good, and I'm really excited about him, but because I consider him a near certain redshirt, I have him down here at number 80 because this is a ranking – of the 2023 Alabama football team. Yeah, I'm going to pull up a picture of him now. Obviously, this picture is from uh, his his high school days. Um, Zachary. Yeah, Zachary, Louisiana. Uh, yeah. And he looks Zachary like you'd think he'd look. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's he's a note sure about that, you he, know. He's a big, strong kid. Have you seen pictures of his dad? No, I have not. Oh, his dad is huge. I mean, just huge. Uh, why don't but, I try and do that? Uh, why don't I pull up a picture and I, I can see if I can find his dad? No, I cannot. People love the um, yeah, it's locked on. Luke searches the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but you know, Eli, I'm very excited about him. I, I think this is interesting, Luke. Uh, I think he's behind Lonergan right now. But what's interesting to me is I bet when you bring in two guys who have roughly the same talent level, the same ceiling. You bring in two similar guys. I wonder if the one who starts out ahead consistently ends up staying ahead for his whole career, his whole four or five years, or is the one that starts out a little behind, does that person often catch and surpass the other one? What, what I mean is we shouldn't read too deeply into the fact that Lonergan is ahead of Holstein today. That doesn't mean three years from now it's, it's going to be in that same order at all. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's just uh, an early indication of all that it is. 
Well, Jimmy, I mean, the, the internet is such a magical place. I did find a picture of Eli Holston's dad, and here it is. He is oh, big. Yeah. He's you. very big. I told you. Short arms. Short <laughs> arms. Poor <laughs> and pass protect. That guy can't pass protect right there. Bad for the, for that, Bad for those listening on the podcast, I put up a picture of Godzilla only to be hilarious. Um, <laughs> He's a prop comedian like Carrot Top. Yeah, he is. Um, gonna have to do something about that tail. He gets tackled by the tail a lot. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Built Bar now because you know I love a Built Bar because you know why? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate, not like faux chocolate, not some you know fancy schmancy something that's made in a laboratory kind of crap. No, Built Bars are awesome. They taste delicious. They're nutritious. They're good for you. Everything's fantastic about them. You can get churro. You can get the puffs. You can get uh, all kind of funky flavors that are just delicious. They got fruity flavors. They got sweeter flavors. They got everything you want, savory flavors. And they're so easy to eat. And they can be a meal substitute. You can go get them at Built.com. You can get them at Amazon. You can get them at Walmart. You can get them at Sam's Club. I get them at Lifetime Fitness sometimes because they can be a meal substitute or a meal complement, which is the way I like them uh, because I like to eat my Built Bar. And then even though I'm satisfied, because I have an eating disorder uh, that I've diagnosed myself with, I continue to eat. Um, but uh, you can get cookies and cream. You can get whatever you want. Uh, Built.com. These are absolutely delicious. Go try you one. Jimmy and I love them. We get samples all the time and we knock them back like they have the antidote in them. So go mm -hmm. get you some Built Bars or Built Puffs. You will love them. Trust us on this. Go try you one. On the next Locked on Bama, we're going to continue with Jimmy's countdown. Uh, but right now, Jimmy, yeah. I'm going to sort I got of two, I got two coming up that you're going to be upset about. I mean, I'm, I'm already anticipating because these the next two are, are, are what I would call maybe the last two guys I consider, okay, these guys are red shirt. And, and you might be surprised and disappointed. You never fail to disappoint, Jimmy. <laughs> one, thing you, one thing you can set your watch to. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, just FYI, this is – we'll talk about this later. Jimmy, we're going to set up something called Subtext. Um, yeah. That's a website a thing that's sort of like a way for fans to interact with us. And now we've got almost 5,000 subs on the on YouTubes and and – but we've got a lot of people that listen and there's some people who want to reach out to us. And so we're going to, you're going to have an opportunity to do that through subtext. It's a very minimal monthly thing uh, for people out there. I think it's like four ninety nine a month. I mean, yeah. nothing. No um, one's got to do it. No, no one has, you don't have to you do don't it. You have to do it. It's no, just, this hey, is if you feel like you want to ask me and Luke questions by text, literally we're texted and with your question or comment, and uh, and we respond in kind because yeah. you did. And it's great. It really, I just saw a tutorial on it uh, through Tegna. This is not like a locked on Bama thing. This is a whole locked on network thing. Um, and it's going to be really, really cool. So hopefully some of you guys will sign up for it because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, um, just a lot of fun. So something we're going to announce and talk about later. I guess I've already announced it. But we're going to talk about it more later. Uh, but Jimmy, one thing I want to sort of bounce around here for a minute. CBS had an article come up, uh, college football quarterback power rankings. And it just, it just dawned on me. Like this is a crap year in the SEC for quarterbacks. Just a uh, crap year. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just hear me out. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say crap year. It is a 
It is lower than last year. <laughs> That's very fair. Um, the only one, the only SEC player in the top 10 power rankings for CBS to start out is – you want to take a shot at it? Quarterbacks? Yeah. Spencer Rattler? Jason Jaden Daniels. Oh, come on. I mean, well, I, I like Jaden Daniels as a college quarterback. I really do. But if you ask me – I mean, Alabama, we need a quarterback, right? And if you offered me Rattler or Jaden Daniels, I would take Rattler. <laughs> okay. I, I think that's fair. Okay. I do think that's fair. I think it's also fair that people – um, remember Spencer Rattler crashing and burning to an extent in Oklahoma. He didn't exactly crash and burn, but he did crash. I mean, the, it was a salvageable wreckage. Yeah. But, it, but um, anyway, well, he lost the starting job to Caleb Williams. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, and Caleb Williams is number one on this list. Now, uh, in the honorable mention, here's what I thought was interesting: uh, KJ Jefferson at Arkansas, who again, not bad, but I, I think over Jaden Daniels, I think. Probably. And then Joe Joe Milton. Joe Bogdan. Joe Milton may not even be Tennessee's starting quarterback. Now, I like Joe. I hope he is because I'll admit, I mean, you have to get rid of that orange jersey he plays in, but I like watching the guy play. I mean, in the sense I'm a quarterback fan, this guy has a rocket arm. I mean, he's over I, them there mountains. It's the, first it's the first college arm I have seen that I would compare to Jamarcus Russell. I mean, in terms of he has Jamarcus Russell's on it, and I, I don't use that that term lightly. Uh, so, but I also think that Nico Amaleva, he 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 may beat out Milton. You know that that can happen. And Devin Devin Leary, what about Devin Leary at Kentucky? I think if Leary had come out for the draft, he's probably a fourth fifth round pick. Okay, but. All right, so the, the top ten is Caleb Williams at USC, Drake May at North Carolina. I think that's going to be universal. Yeah. Right. Here's what's interesting. Number three is Quinn Ewers on this list. Now, that's funky to me because what that tells me is there's a pretty steep drop between one, yeah. two, and the next group. I, the other day, just I got curious about this. Here's the thing. I hate being so Alabama-centric about stuff. But it seems to me that when people around the country want to brag on Quinn Ewers, the first thing they mention is the start against Alabama. I mean, Quinn Ewers, again, did you see him against Alabama? No chance to win that game because Quinn Ewers is so awesome. Well, I went and looked at Quinn Ewers' numbers in games in which he, they're pretty pedestrian. As a matter of fact, he threw – he had a like 20 of 49 and three interceptions against Oklahoma State. He, he had a pedestrian game. He only threw 470 yards against Iowa State. I mean, Ewers wasn't good every week. Did he play great against Alabama? Yes. If you want to use that as a means to take a shot at Pete Golding, fine. But it, 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 it's still Alabama. Alabama finishes the number two defense in the SEC. Uh, Quinn did play really well that day. He obviously has consistency issues. Now, he may solve them. If he solves them – and he played every week as good as he can play, oh, yeah, I I'm fine with him being number three. But that's assuming that he finds consistency that he, he just flat out didn't have in 2022. So, and also, I guess it's not crazy to think he might not be the starter. I mean, Arch Manning didn't set the world on fire in, in the spring game, but then they have that other kid, Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy's, Malik Murphy's a darn good football okay. player. I, I think Quinn will be the starter, and I think Quinn's going to be good. I just – I just say putting him at three is assuming a lot. 
I agree. Now, then they go to Michael Penix. Again, I think Michael Penix is a good yeah. quarterback. But, I, but this tells me – this does tell me that this year's quarterback crop is not on the same area code as last year's. Yeah, I, I would and, – and I do agree that – I mean, there were 14 quarterbacks taken in this last draft. And it was, what, three of the top four guys taken, period. I do like Penix. If I was compared to Penix to this year's draft, I would say that there's a lot of Hendon Hooker in him. I mean, in terms of, like, what's Penix like? I would say he's like Hooker. And he was a third-round pick, which means, you know, you're a Friday night pick. Uh, I like Penix. I think he's a good Heisman candidate if Washington wins. Because I think with a guy like Penix, it, it, it's not just going to be Penix and his numbers. Washington's going to have to win for, for Penix to win. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going to run down these others real quick because it's not really talking about – I don't really want to get into each one of these guys individually. Number five, Sam Hartman. Number six, Bo Nix. Ironically, number seven, J.J. McCarthy. Eight is Jordan Travis, who I think is very good. Nine is Michael Pratt from Tulane, and then 10, Jaden Daniels. My point to this is this list makes me feel better about Alabama's quarterback situation. You know, that's what my point is, is like, okay, we don't have Caleb Williams. Okay, we don't have Drake May. But I feel good about one of the guys, whoever becomes the starter, is Ty Simpson, is Jalen Milrow, is is Buckner, whatever. Um, I feel that they can at least be as good as the other uh, eight guys on this list. Now, can they I, – I, I would – let me put it another way. I think they could make the top ten on this list. I don't know that they could be number three because even though I don't agree with Quinn Ewers at number three, I don't know that, that any of the guys I just mentioned for Alabama could be number three, but I think they could be in the top ten of this, this, this bunch. This, this bunch does not overwhelm me. Yeah, I didn't really love the 10 because it leaves too many guys out, and I don't like that. I mean, Jordan Travis, to me, is a lot like Penix in the sense that Jordan Travis could could win the Heisman Trophy this fall. I, I think it's realistic that the Florida State quarterback, Jordan Travis, wins it. Now, just like I said about Penix, I think that would require Jordan Travis not only to have some PlayStation-like numbers, but Florida State's going to have to win the ACC. But if, if they do win the ACC and he has great numbers, then he's an excellent Heisman candidates. One of the things I don't like about Drake May winning the Heisman is I don't think North Carolina is going to win enough games. And I also don't think Drake May, to me, Drake May is still awesome NFL prospect as opposed to Heisman fans. Uh But Jordan Travis, I would have much higher on that list. I would have him up there with Penix. Uh, I don't think Quinn Ewers could win the Heisman. Uh, it would certainly take Texas winning the Big 12, which is very possible. Um, I'm with Luke. I'm not knocked out by that 10. And I agree wholeheartedly with Luke that our quarterback situation is not as desperate as some paint it out to be because I have some optimism in all three of of those quarterbacks, and they're all very young. And some of them – I mean, Bo Nix being a great example, uh, because Bo played as a young player. If I told you after his freshman season and his sophomore season in particular that one day – Bo Nix will be a legitimate Heisman candidate and a potential first-round pick. You'd have told me I was nuts. Well, that's because we everyone labeled or decided when he was a freshman and a sophomore what he is without, without taking into account the more he plays. And secondly, look what was around him. You know, he gets to Oregon where he's got a really good supporting cast around him, a good offensive line, good running back, he's good receiver. And, 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 and he's an older kid now. 
you know, year four, he was better than he was in year two. Imagine that. So I, I think that Alabama's quarterbacks, whether it's about Simpson, Buckner, or Milrow, uh, I think any of the three could end up on a list like that, if not now, then in the future. Totally agree. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we get back, I want to talk about uh, two other places, two other Alabama opponents that made a little bit of news. And we're back. Uh, first of all, shout out to the softball team. Uh, I, we're not going to go off on a rant on this because it, it's locked on Bama, but unless we win the national championship in softball, we're not going to spend a segment on it. I don't mean that as an insult to those ladies. I love watching Alabama softball. People have proven to us time and time again they don't really want us to talk about it. I don't mean that mean. I don't mean that as an insult. That's just the way it is. I've probably spent too much time on it anyway, but congratulations to them getting the five seed. Also, I've, I have found the comedy and I knew that Philip Marshall from 24-7 on the Auburn side was going to be really upset that Auburn didn't get to host. I think they probably should have hosted. Honestly, I do. Uh, but I knew that the conspiracy theorists were going to be out in full force led by Philip Marshall. And I've enjoyed watching his response to that because uh, that's a little bit of schadenfreude, if that's how you pronounce it, that German word for delighting in other people's misery. Um, anyway. Um, congratulations to Alabama getting a five seed. Frankly, I think that is a bit of an overseed as well, but uh, so be it. We'll take it. Um, okay. A couple of things. Nathaniel Watson, who played at Maplesville High School, I got to call him in some uh, playoff games in the past. God, he's been gone from Maplesville since 2018. That's amazing. But uh, he's a six-year linebacker from Mississippi State. He just got arrested for a DUI. Uh, this is not good for Mississippi State. Again, I'm not over here throwing stones because Alabama has certainly had its fair share of issues here. Um, but this is Watson's second arrest since signing with Mississippi State. Yeah, look, I don't want him to kick him off or anything like that. I'm yeah. just saying my point is Mississippi State is a team that doesn't have a ton of depth. They've got a whole new coaching staff coming in. They're going to have a whole new uh, philosophy. And um, this team, frankly, is going to be universally picked to be last in the league, even though they bring back a, a good quarterback probably arguably the most decorated quarterback coming back. And um, still, they're not going to be very good. And uh, that you can't have stuff like that happen. No need to really go into that because, again, Alabama doesn't need to be throwing stones. we got a glass house in that situation. However, one thing that uh, happened the other day, and this is from Jimbo Fisher, and I can't understand why this man can't get all, out of his own way. I also understand the irony in saying that when he is worth a 70 gazillion dollars for being very mediocre at, as a head coach at Texas A&M. Okay, guaranteed. But he said the other day he took a shot at TCU saying, hey, look what happened when TCU ran up against the SEC. I am typically pro-SEC. And, you know, even if it's Auburn and they beat somebody in the bowl game, I can take solace in the fact that, hey, that's my conference. I don't want Auburn to win, but when they do, I, I claim them as an SEC brethren. I, I get that. I'm pro-SEC guy, okay? But Jimbo, my man, what happens when you run up against Georgia? I mean, it, it, it's not good. It, it's not fair for you to say TCU can't compete in this league because they got their doors beat in by Georgia. They obviously did get their doors beat in by Georgia. And frankly, I think your point is a good one. I don't think TCU would be very good in this league. That being said, it's not because they got their doors blown off by Georgia. 
I mean, that is like saying some of the Notre Dame in 2012 was a god awful program because they got the heck beat out of them by Alabama. Nope. Most everybody was going to get the heck beat out of them by Alabama that year. Most everybody. So, yeah, again, I just think Jimbo is the kind of guy that doesn't do himself any favors. And maybe he doesn't have to do himself any favors because when you got 75 or 90 or 138 gazillion dollars guaranteed, whatever it is, maybe you don't have to do yourself any favors. You've already done yourself enough favors. But I'm just, man, this guy can't get out of his own way when it comes to uh, just being verbal. Yeah, I don't think uh, after the season he had a year ago that Jimbo Fisher needs to talk down to any program, much less one that played for the national champion. You know, I, I, that was, I think, a major PR goof. Now, what he said, as Lucas pointed out, what he said uh, is hard for me to argue with because I agree that had TCU played an SEC schedule, uh, they wouldn't have been in the national championship game. Uh, I, be- I believe that. I don't think one of my – you know, big arguments, and a lot of people might remember I was very anti-TCU before the playoff, uh, and and this is the way I – I don't think TCU would have beaten Tennessee in Knoxville. I don't think TCU would have beaten LSU and Baton Rouge, uh, the two games that Alabama lost. I don't think TCU would have won those games. Um, that's just my own uh, opinion, which is subject to being wrong, but that's the way I look at it. But Jimbo, uh, you know, he, he needs to win this year. Uh, and, and start earning some of that that contract. They they were – and see, the thing is, what people don't realize about last year's A&M team, on defense, they're actually pretty good. They're one of the top 20 scores. They finished the year number one in the country against the pass. Number one. So defensively, this was a really good team. The offense was just so deplorably bad that it, it stunk up the whole team. They couldn't even win because they were good on defense and still couldn't win because the offense was that bad. And what's Jimbo's thing? Offense. That's his thing. Now he's been forced to bring in another offensive mind, and you can't help but wonder about how that's going to clash, you know, Fisher's offense versus Petrino's offense. Uh, what's that going to look like? Makes AM one of the most interesting teams this fall uh, because no doubt they're talented. No doubt they are. Uh, even last year, there is a talented team. I watched the AM preview yesterday, their, their season on SEC Network, and they got some dudes. Even on offense, I like Wigman at quarterback. The receiving core is outstanding. Maybe to Ohio State is, is how good that wide receiver core is with Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad and others and others. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, they're good at, at, at uh, you know, they, they're, they're, they're good at, at running back. And, of course, again, I think Wigman is ultimately going to make a big difference for them at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of want A&M to have a decent year in, in a sense because it's dragging the league down a little bit. I mean, I think that that's what some people use against the SEC is like, boy, every year we hear a and good and they're never worth a dang. You know, so it would be nice, I guess, as an SEC fan if A&M picked up the pace a little bit. But there's just part of me that's like I can't I can't root for Jimbo Fisher. I can't. They do missed it. the playoff. They missed the playoff by one spot during the COVID year. I think it's easy to forget because Alabama was so much better than everyone else that year. Uh, no doubt that that was true. But they they did finish just one spot out of the playoff. So it's not like all of Fisher's years have been terrible. That one was good. But the COVID year is something that everyone but Alabama fans forget. 
Yeah, no, that's true. And and look again, he he's he's brought all this on himself. I mean, uh, and he's had some bad losses too. I mean, you, losing to Auburn last year for the love of God, Appalachian State, losing to Appalachian State, losing to LSU a, a couple years ago. I mean, you know, just he's got some bad losses on his resume. He really does. Now he's got some nice wins. I mean, he obviously beat Alabama when we were number one. But he sort of does well against Alabama. I mean, that's why that's one of the games I'm worried about a lot. I mean, any Alabama fan confident about A and M? I mean, I don't. Y'all watched the last two. I mean, we're, we we won by defending a two point conversion last year, year before we lost with Bryce at quarter with Bryce at quarterback. We lost in College Station. So, uh, yeah, A and M is going to be a tough tough matchup for us. They've been tough on Alabama two years in a row. The year before that, they they missed the playoff by one spot, uh, and and it, and it wasn't a, a complete blowout when Alabama played A and M that year, and that was maybe the best Alabama team of all time. Uh, A&M, again, they led the nation in pass defense a year ago. That's one of the things that bothers me about when Alabama fans just go on and on about almost losing to A&M. We had a freshman quarterback playing the best pass defense in the whole country. So, yeah, it was there was going to be some anxious moments. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be in touch with you more about the subtext situation. Buy you some bird dog pants while you're out there. We're about to get us some bird dog stuff like in the mail. We can't wait. Jimmy and I, they're going to be a new sponsor. We'll talk about them soon. But until next time, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.